Sometimes you turn your back to the wind There's a world outside every darkened door Where blues won't haunt you anymore Where the brave are free and lovers soar Come ride with me to the distant shore We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate There's not much time left today This week in SEC Sports Podcast, I'm your host, the voice of the Saints, Brandon Karam, SEC Class of 2020. Please be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else where you listen to your podcast. Just type in This Week in SEC Sports, This Week in SEC Sports. It is Monday, May 13th. We got a lot of sports to cover from the last show, or excuse me, podcast that I did. But let's get right into it. We're going to start off with softball this week. The softball team is now up to a record of 10 wins and 5 losses. They, Since the last podcast, they have won over Hartford, Hoosick Valley, Waterford Half Moon, and Hadley Luzerne. So the girls really getting into the middle towards the end of their season now, I should say. And picking up wins in 5 of their last 6. As I said, 10 and 5 now. Now to look at some stats for the girls. Molly O'Reilly on an absolute tear this year, hitting 521 with six doubles, four triples, two home runs, and 19 RBIs. Not to mention that her on-base percentage is close to 600 at 596. On an absolute tear, quite possibly a top three player, excuse me, I should say a hitter in the Wasserman League. We'll get to her pitching in a little bit. Next up is sophomore Megan Cornell, hitting 400 with four doubles and 12 RBIs. The transfer from Saratoga this year has been absolutely killing it and really exceeding expectations. I expect her to be somewhere around 350. I knew she was a good player, but I did not know that she was this good of a hitter. Next up, we have 7th grader Callie Sisk, hitting a very, very impressive 383 this year. Remember, she's only in 7th grade. She's 18 for 47. She has four doubles, a triple, and 16 RBIs. This team's future is extremely bright. Next up, we have the senior, Kennedy Murphy. She's one of two seniors on the softball team this year. The other is Elise Browell. But Kennedy this year is hitting 316, has an on-base percentage of 422. She has 10 RBIs. She's 12 for 39. So having herself a solid senior season campaign. On to pitching for softball. Now here's the thing with softball pitching. It's not like baseball where there's a pitch count. And softball pitchers don't get tired because of the throwing motion. So you can pitch the same pitcher every single game. Just like our girls have been doing. Molly O'Reilly has thrown 82 innings this year. And Julia Murdoch has thrown 9. So, as you can see, you don't have to use, or excuse me, you don't have to switch up your pitchers every single game like baseball as there's a pitch count and there's more stress going on the player's arms. And softball is completely different, and that's why you have some dominant pitching stats like Molly O'Reilly has this year. So in 82 innings, she has a 1.45 ERA. An opponent batting average of .142. So that basically means that opponents are getting hits in 14.2% of at-bats against her, which is just absolutely insane to have an average that low. She struck out 79 batters, and her pitch count. Now, 
every time that I'm looking at the stats for the softball games and I see her pitch count and it is so low. So she's thrown 1,109 pitches this year and in 82 innings, she's averaging 13 and a half pitches per inning, which is very, very efficient and which is part of the reason why she's able to pitch every game. She's just not throwing as many pitches as some other girls are. But that's it on the softball team. Their schedule coming up is I believe they're running into toward, right towards the end of the season. They have they had a, were supposed to have a game today versus Fort Plain. It got canceled, so we'll have to make that one up. But they have a game versus Cambridge Tuesday the 14th versus Cambridge again on the 15th. And then the crossover game Friday for the Wasserman League. And then one more game next Monday versus Whitehall. So the girls towards the end of their season now. On to the boys. They sit at 14 wins and 2 losses atop of the Wasserman League after some more recent results. Let's get into it. They beat Chester Academy in the Section 2, Section 9 Challenge, which was held in Saugerties, New York. They took what the New York State Public High School Athletic Association did. is They took the best team from Section 2 over the last, I believe, 5 years at each individual level. So that's double A, A, B, C, and D. And they took the best team from section nine over the last five years. And so the dub so for double A, I believe it was Shenandoah. A, I think it was Queensbury. B was Spot Catholic, and I can't remember who C and D was. But Spot Catholic was the only school was the only section two school to win in that challenge. They secured a victory eleven nothing had 16 hits in the win. Chester Academy only had three. Some highlights from that game. Dylan Custer, three for five. Dante Marin, two for four. Everyone really uh, hit the ball well. Jordan Catone went two for five with two RBIs. Ryan McCarroll, two for three with two RBIs. Then pitching-wise, uh, a three-pitcher tandem teamed up for Spock Catholic. Ryan McCarroll, through the first three innings, Terrell Tillman, the next three, and Dylan Custer closed it out. So a very good win versus a non-league opponent. And I just like that we were selected for that. You know, we could really show off our talents down there in Saugerties. And hopefully we'll be in that again next year. So after that game, that was on May 4th, May 6th, the boys played at Cambridge, who is towards the bottom of the league, and they won 15-2, to so a very solid outing for the boys there. Dante Marin pitched. He pitched six innings. Yes, six. Oh, excuse me, four innings. I'm sorry. It was a mercy rule game, as the game only went five innings, because in the Wasserman League, for baseball at least, if you're up by 10 after five innings, that's the mercy rule. So... Dante Marin pitched four innings. He only allowed three hits, struck out six, and then Dylan Custer came in for the last inning. Then Dante at the plate went four for four with two RBIs and a double. Nick Winslow went three for three. Overall, just another solid outing for the boys. Billy Murdoch and Kay Nawad both each had two hits. So that's a game that, you know, you're it's just a good game to have there on your schedule because, you know, it's, it's a very winnable game, and the boys went in there and did just that. Then, the boys played Greenwich May 8th at home. 
Now, we played Greenwich away earlier in the year and won. And now it's now it time to host them. And the boys won 5-3 in a very entertaining game. The boys jumped on the board early, scoring four runs in the first three innings en route to victory. Nick Winslow had two hits. He went two for three with an RBI. Aiden Corey, two for three. He's been swinging a hot bat as of late. But Ryan McCarroll, he pitched five innings in the game. Striking out seven, and Terrell Tillman pitched the last two innings, striking out four. So, after Greenwich, the boys took on the next day Waterford Half Moon at Waterford Half Moon, and the boys suffered their second loss of the year, 11 to 10. Let's go through this one. The first inning was scoreless, second inning. We jumped on the board to go up 3-0, and then Waterford Half Moon came back with seven runs in the bottom of the second inning. So our boys fell down at that point, 7-3. Top of the third inning, we jumped back and got another run. So now it was 7-4, but Waterford Half Moon came right back and scored another three runs. So it was 10-4 at this point. Then in the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings, our boys battled back, scoring two in the fourth, three in the fifth, and one in the sixth. Waterford did score one in the fifth, and that was all the scoring. Waterford did not score in the bottom of the sixth, and the boys did not score on the top of the seventh. So that's the second loss of the season to chalk up for the boys. Overall, pitching effort, not very good. You know, they allowed 11 runs, and they were all earned. So, but you got to look at the pitchers who pitched for Spock Catholic. Andrew McPherson started. He's only pitched in, I believe, one game prior to that outing this year. Ross Garrow pitched next. Then Dante Marin came in, and then Kay Nawad threw the last three and one-third innings. So, it's a, it's a bad loss because coming into that game, the new state rankings, which came out on May 8th, had the boys ranked number two in the state. So to lose, you know, it's it's not the best look, but Waterford Half Moon is right up there towards the top of the league with the likes of the Spot Catholic, Mechanicville, and them. So not it it's not a it's not a bad loss. It's just not what you wanted there. But then the game of the season, in my opinion, it was Saturday, May eleventh. Mechanicville versus Spa Catholic. And so coming into the game, Spa Catholic still ranked number two in the state as the rankings reset every week. And Mechanicville was ranked number 18 in the state. First three innings were scoreless. It was a pitcher's duel. Terrell Tillman versus Jacob LaFountain. Jacob LaFountain, probably the second best pitcher in the league behind Terrell. So Terrell cruised through the first three innings. Then... Or excuse me, first four innings, I should say. Bottom of the fourth inning, the boys jumped on the board, scoring three runs. Ross Garrow had a double. He had two hits on the night. Nick Winslow had two hits on the night. So they jump on the board, 3 nothing. Then in the top of the fifth inning, the boys let up four runs, including Terrell Tillman's first earned run of the year. And his, I believe it was he got up to 36 innings without allowing an earned run. This year, which is just absolutely insane. No words can really describe just the, the sheer dominance that that requires. But anyways, 
Heading into the bottom of the seventh inning, the boys were down 4-3. to three. Leading off the inning was Ross Garrow. Ross rips a double down the left field line. Next up's Nick Winslow. Nick Winslow hits a ball into the right field gap, or I should say right center field gap, drives Ross home. That's the time run right there. The next batter, Dylan Custer, unfortunately struck out there. But then, Terrell Tillman steps up and moves Nick Winslow to third base on a hit into the gap and then an error in the outfield. So now with runners on second and third, Dante Marin steps up, hits a walk-off hit through the infield. So Spock Catholic wins 5-4. to four. At Probably one of the most exciting games that I've been to. I probably did a bad job of describing what happened there, but... One of the most exciting games I've been to, to for the boys to battle back like that. And if you remember, Mechanicville beat us earlier in the season at Mechanicville with Terrell pitching in a one nothing game in about 42-degree weather. So for the boys to come back and win is absolutely huge heading into this week. So, let's go over some stats for the boys. I mentioned Nick Winslow a little bit, but let me just mention this. He's... 16 for his last 23, which is a 695 average, and 10 for his last 12, which is an 833 batting average in his last 12 at-bats. That's video game numbers. I don't even think you can do that in a video game. Absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. He had a home run in the Waterford game. Two more hits versus Mechanicville versus the second-best pitcher in the league. Just having an absolute... He's on an absolute tear in the second half of the season. He also has a 582 on base percentage. He's going to really be crucial toward in this sectional run. Next step, next up is Dylan Custer. He's hitting 434 this year with 13 RBIs. Dante Marin hitting 422 with 15 RBIs, including the big hit Saturday night. Ross Garrow hitting 412 and leads the team with nine extra base hits this year. And Billy Murdoch hitting 412 with 10 RBIs this year. So that's that is five players hitting above 410. Absolutely spoiled in the lineup now. This lineup is probably the best top to bottom in the Wasserman League. There's no doubt in my mind. And then you have to look at the pitching stats. Terrell Tillman has thrown 38 and one third of an inning. He is an ERA of .18. He's only surrendered 11 hits, allowed one earned run, and struck out an astonishing 73 batters in 38 innings. That comes out to, one second, hold on. That comes out to 1.92 strikeouts per inning. Absolutely insane. Words can't, I can't even put words to describe what Terrell has been doing this year in his senior season. So, looking at those stats, I believe that Terrell, Nick Winslow, Dante Marin, and Ross Garrow all in line for possible first-team selections in the league. Dylan Custer, also also at shortstop, but I know that there is a kid from Tamarack who plays shortstop, and he has, I think, seven home runs this year. So, he might... Etch out the first team all Wasserman, but Custer, or excuse me, Dylan Custer, 
definitely a possibility for first team all Wazrin League, but he will definitely be second team. So that's about it for this week on the This Week in SEC Sports podcast hosted by Brandon Karam. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere where you can listen to a podcast. Just type in This Week in SEC Sports, This Week in SEC Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brandon Karam, and I will see you next week.